Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you in God's house. Come on, give it up for Jesus right now. Let's give him our best. He's still setting free, giving light where there's darkness. Come on, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we're gathered here around him and his name. If you're new to our community, we gather around a person named Jesus. We don't gather around principles. We don't gather around philosophies. We, those are good. We don't gather around uh, just our own opinions. We gather around the word of God and a man named Jesus that we believe is alive and well and still doing miracles today in our midst. And so I promise you uh, that Jesus is here and anything can happen today. Amen. Anything can happen in your life. And uh, I'm thankful for a church that has a lot of expectation and, uh, and so we've got a lot going on. Uh, we'd love you to sign up, get involved in our outreach this summer. You saw that. It's going to be powerful. And then I got to be at Access Nation uh, with 2,000 plus students. Come on, 2,000 students and uh, a group of our students and leaders. Come on, what's up? And uh, it was one of the most amazing times uh, just seeing what God did amongst uh, just the next generation. We're, we have a heart as a church for the next generation. We're going to continue to see uh, young people raised up for God. The church is not just uh, for, for people my age. It's for, it's for others leading, younger generations leading in the church. Come on. It's not the, the church is not, they're not the church of tomorrow or, you know, they're the church of now. Does that make sense? And so we believe in putting our resources there. And so I was down there. It was really powerful. I'm going to share a, a story uh, from that conference with you in a minute. And then in a couple weeks, we're going to have a student takeover where all of our students are going to kind of run our service in July. It's a powerful service. And then uh, we've got a, uh, something called Five and Five, where we have five different communicators preaching this summer as well. There's just a lot of cool stuff happening. So uh, don't, don't dip out for the summer. Is that good? Come on. Look at somebody say, don't dip out. We're going to jump in and finish uh, Man of the House series. I was so thankful uh, last week for just fathers and, and uh, just men rising up. And uh, I want to, I'm going to share, um, obviously, there's been a lot of stuff. Uh, it's been heavy on me today and yesterday, just, just um, how to navigate uh, the things that are happening in our nation. And uh, as a pastor and as a leader, um, I, I obviously, as, as a man of God, I have a thought on, on all the different um, things that are, are happening, the, the laws that are being passed, and obviously Roe v. Wade was overturned, and um, yeah, come on, uh, yeah, um, and obviously there's a lot of opinions around that, and there's a lot of even divide in the church around that, and I just, I just want to say this, um, we, we, we all, um, maybe we don't all agree, um, but we can still be friends, <laughs> and, and we can still hold up the word of God, and hold up the standard of God, and um, and I think that the enemy's done too good of a job of making people hate one another uh, based on some things. And I, I just want to say that, that abortion is not a political issue. And, and you don't hear me talk about issues a lot. You don't, you don't, you don't. Listen, I, I'm, I will not build our church on social justice. Amen. I'll build our church on the platform of Jesus Christ and the gospel. I just... I, I'm just, I'm just being, I'm just being open with you. Some of you might be like, well, I want to make an appointment. You can, I'll love you. I'll talk with you, make an appointment. But, but I, I just want you to know, like, like Jesus did all the work on the cross of Calvary and he finished it. All of our sins, past, present, future, every sin that we're arguing over still today has been paid for. It's all been paid. And so when we're still trying to extract payment from society and politics and one another, it's going to be painful. It's going to be, it was already bloody at the cross. Why continue to make it bloody in the, in the streets of, of brothers and sisters when it was already bloody then? 
Like we, we have the same blood of God running through our veins. And so I, this isn't a political issue, but I know there's different opinions. And my buddy posted this and I wasn't, the Holy Spirit's just leading me to share this right now because I wasn't going to uh, do this fully until I got into my message some, but I need to share this. Um, there's been a lot of posts um, online about the different, different opinions and different thoughts. And um, I, I just, I, I did something just, um, and I, I just went online and I Googled what, what's the penalty for messing with bald eagle eggs? <laughs> it's $5,000 in a year in jail. If you do it twice, it's $250,000. They're federally, they're federally protected. I mean, eat bald eagle eggs. Okay, so let's just start there. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, mean I, I just, and again, this is, a, 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 this is not to shame anybody. As a church, we shouldn't gloat. As people that believe in, 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 in pro-life, we shouldn't gloat and rub it in people's faces. We've been all living together for 50 years under one direction. We can continue to live together under another direction. And I, I personally believe that, that life is, is cherished. I believe that life is, is from God. I believe, I believe that, we're, that life is, is protected. And I believe in women and women's rights. I think that believing for women, the church, we champion women. We have women pastors and, and women leaders. And people in our city before said, is that that church with women pastors? Yes, we have women pastors. And, and, I, and I preached on that in a, in a Fire Away series a, a, a while back. You can go online and listen to that, what we think about that from a biblical standpoint. And, but... But I, I just want to say that we as the church aren't going to gloat, but we're going to rise up and continue to champion people and life and, and children and, and, and moms that might find themselves in, in tough times. And if you've ever had to walk in this situation or this scenario, then, then there's no shame. There's, no, there's, there's no, um, no one looking down on you. There's grace. There's acceptance. There's blessing. There's the life of God. This is the family of God. No matter what all, any, of us, any of us have ever done, man, this is an open door and open hearts for everybody in this house. Everybody in the streets, everybody in the community, and, and I'm just, I just so thankful, and I, I believe that um, the Bible says that when God looked at uh, himself, and he communicated with himself, him and the Holy Spirit, and the Father, Son, and Spirit, he said, let us make man in our image. And, and so if we believe the Bible, and we believe it's an inspired word of God, then every human being that's, uh, that's been conceived has been in the mind and heart of God and is in the image of God. And that if, if we're called as, as Christians, then it's our job and God's entrusted with us to steward the image of God, Amen. to care for the image of God. And the Bible says in Psalms that, that you were known before you were even conceived. You were known and that you were formed in your mother's womb. There's no, there's no argument about the word of God. And so this is really a, a word of God issue and as, as God's people, I think we need to continue to champion and steward life and steward babies and steward uh, unborn children and, and steward their rights as well. And I just, it's a big day in our nation, okay? And so let me just read this to you, though. It's important that we, we hear this. My buddy said, monumental. He's a pastor in Seattle. He said, monumental. He said, keep leading the way, church. Our hearts rejoice for the lives that will be saved and our hands are ready to redouble and expand our support of those lives. You already lead the world in loving, adopting, supporting, resourcing families, mothers, and babies. And by God's grace, you are not stopping anytime soon. May you always be the tower of truth 
and the shelter of grace. Keep leading the way, church. Come on, let's give it up for a church that has open hands and an open heart and that we will continue to be a tower of grace um, for the things of God. We're gonna build this on the platform of Jesus. There's, there's a thousand sin issues in the world and uh, I don't think this uh, issue that we just are dealing with this week is a political issue. I think it's a, a life issue and a, a scripture issue. And so if any, any of you are wondering where I stood, I'm standing and, and sharing my heart with you today. Come on, I'm celebrating this week and I think it's a powerful week. <clears throat> Man of the house. And, and, and this, my sermon today is pretty um, apropos to, to what we're facing. And uh, I think it's important for us to, to read the scriptures and to apply it to where we are. And I'm going to speak to men specifically, but I think, ladies, um, it's because the title of the, 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 ser- ser- the series is Man of the House, so I'm going to speak to men. But this applies to all of us. Is that okay? Daniel 3, 14 and 16. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, come on, anybody play the zither? The zither and the lyre and the harp and the pipe and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image uh, I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will. He is able and he will deliver us from it, your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, look at the respect they're still giving him. There's no dishonor. There's no, they're still calling him your majesty. They're not, they're not, they're not dishonoring authority. They're not coming against. They're just saying, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. We, God can deliver us from your hand, your majesty. But even if he does not, this is probably the greatest statement in the Bible. One of the greatest faith statements in the Bible. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. My title for today is bow or burn, bow or burn. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much that you've given us the church, the spirit of the living God, that you haven't abandoned us. You haven't left us to fend for ourselves in these times that you gave us a comforter. You gave us a friend. You gave us a guide. You gave us a leader. You gave us a support, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us to navigate. You said you'd show us things to come. You would uh, care for us, that you would tell us that we're adopted sons and daughters of God, that you would uh, cry out, Abba, Father, inside of us when we felt like we weren't in the family, that your job would continually be to let us know and make us aware that we're God's kids. Thank you for a church that is alive and well in this hour. Lord, we will not bow, but we will burn with the fire of God. We love you. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Bow or burn. I, uh, I'm going on 21 years of marriage, and uh, it's been amazing. We're going on 21, right? So sorry. Oh, my God. Help me, Jesus. I'm going to burn today. Uh, we're going on. We're, no, I, let me just rephrase that. I meant to say we're in 21 years of marriage, and uh, we're going on 22 years. Uh, this, it'll be 22 um, coming up. It's one of those dates you're supposed to remember. I won't forget the date. 
We're going on 22 years of marriage. When we, we had children into our, our second year, we began to have kids. And uh, so we've been married about two and a half years. And, and so we had no idea what we were doing. Come on, any parents that just have no clue what you're doing, come on. Now, anybody that make, acts like they got it together and have it figured out, man, we don't. Come on, I'm, I'm not be honest as your pastor. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm praying a lot, asking God. Y'all think I got it figured out? I don't. I'm just thankful y'all show up. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, thank God. <laughs> You know, and so we're just trying to, you know, love Jesus and, and, uh, and worship God. And I, so we just prayed. And, and my wife had this prayer that she would keep praying over our kids that they would be strong-willed children. She says she, she said, she doesn't agree with me. She says that, <clears throat> she says she prayed that they would be strong-spirited children. And uh, that's just Christianese for strong-willed. That's <laughs> just trying to make, that's just trying to make stubborn kids sound godly. Like, like they're strong-spirited, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so they, they, they were, we, she prayed they'd be strong spirited or strong willed. And so we just, we just prayed and I believe God with her that they stand for God, that they would in a world that's not standing for God. We prayed they'd stand for God. My son, Jude, he's 17 and, um, he's probably my, my strongest, uh, spirited child <laughs> that we have. And, uh, and so he's strong, he's a little stubborn. And uh, when he was about seven, um, we, he had a birthday party that he was going to, and I was taking him to over at the laser tag place over on Kingston Pike. And uh, I was pumped about taking him, and um, I wanted to play. Come on, dads, anybody? I wanted to shoot all of his little friends and get the number one on the list, and I was ready, you know? And so he's, he's seven, you know, six, seven years old, and we show up, and, he, and he's, he's young, and we put the big things on, and we're in that little room, and they've told us all that, and the music's blaring, like, oh, it's, 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 it's pink, it's, uh, it's purple haze. Uh, all in my eyes um, by uh, by Jimi Hendrix, and that's playing. And so my son, you know, he's grown up on Veggie Tales. You know, what I mean, we're like, he's in there. He's like, what? There's a lot of stimuli going on, and he's like, Dad, I'm not going in. I'm not going in. I'm not going in. I'm like, oh, buddy, 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 we're suited up. <laughs> we're, we're 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 going in. Yeah, he's like, Dad, I'm not going. I'm not going in. I'm like, no, no. My other, my other son, I could have easily bribed. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, he's, he will not. He will he will bow for money. He will bow. Yeah, my my oldest. You know, but this one, this one is strong will. I'm like, son. I was like, we're going. He's like, that music. I'm not going in for that music, Dad. I'm not going in. That. Have, have her have her change the music. I'm like, uh, okay. I went over to the lady. I'm like, he's like, I want. I need K Love, Dad. So, so I go over, I'm like, ma'am, um, now keep in mind, all the other people have gone in. We're the last two. We're the, we're, we're the stragglers. We're leaving our team behind. We're, it's, 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 and I'm like, son, 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 um, uh, okay, I'm going to talk to her. And you're going, yeah. I said, ma'am, my son, he's a little scared of the music. He's not used to that. He, could you turn it to K-Love? <laughs> she goes, <laughs> so like, I don't know how, she's like, turn, she turns it, like all of a sudden we go from purple haze all in my eyes to, you know, our God is a great God, he reigns, you know. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, the people in there are probably like shocked, like what just happened? Like, God, I hear you, Lord, you know. <laughs> I don't know. And, and, and so we're, we're, we finally, I'm like, okay, you ready? He's like, no, I, I, I'm not going. I'm like, son, you can't, we, we changed the music to Kayla. You can't not go in. He's like, I'm not going in. He's like, I'm scared, I'm not going in. I'm like, Dude, you've got to go in. I'm getting, now, I'm getting, now I'm getting a little ticked. I'm getting a little mad. He's like, oh, and this is not a good dad moment. Okay, I get it. Don't look at me like I'm just mad. I want to play later. We're there to play. Like we're there to shoot some kids. And so we go, we go out. 
we go out into the lobby. He's like, I'm going to sit in the lobby. So we go to the lobby. He, he, he sits down in the lobby. I'm like, I'll pay you five bucks to go in, son. I will pay you. I promise. He's like, Dad, I don't care if you pay me. I don't care what you do. I'm not going in. He, he won't go in. He would not go. I sit there. The parents come out. Like, how oh, we give the presents. I'm like, actually, I go home. I'm so fired up. I look at his mom. I'm like, he wouldn't go in. I tell her the whole story. He wouldn't go in. I, I told him I'd give him five bucks. Listen, I thought about going in and playing without him and leaving him in the lobby. <laughs> but there's a strong-willed mama. <laughs> a strong-spirited mama. That I knew I would die. <laughs> if I left him in the lobby at six years old. So I sat with him pouting in the lobby and I uh, told her all about it. I was, he, he wouldn't go in and she's like, good for him. Good for him. Good for him. And I just, I just think about that moment and I think about the decision and the strength of that as a six-year-old not to stand. And we're, we're in those kind of bow or burn moments right now. He's like, I don't care, Dad, if you pay me. I don't care if you get mad at me. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you bribe me. I'm not going in. And the reality is that some of us right now are facing moments like me getting up there today and sharing that was a moment like, like I, 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 I've got to stand. I, I, I can't you got to care what society and what, what everybody, if everybody likes me or if everybody gets along with me or, or you know, the moments that we're at in the world right now, you're not going to bribe us. You're not going to press me. You're not going to, you're not going to threaten me. You're not going to, you're not going to defriend me. It's okay. I won't bow. I won't bow. And when the, when the pressure hits, do you bow? When the pressure hits you, do you conform? When the pressure hits, what decisions do come out of you? How do you respond? And and I think this is important. We come in here and we sing and we raise our hands and we're passionate. And I am men of all people. I will jump up and down and I will sing and I'll get at this altar. But, but here's the reality. Uh, a passion, and I, I, this is, I think this is real. Passion has a whole lot more to do with convictions than it does volume. I think that our, our convictions and, and what we stand for and, and the story of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is an amazing story. Babylon was the worst uh, country, city in the world, the most heinous, most ungodly city that's ever been crea created. This godless society was created called Babylon. It was, it was horrific. The background is a young general named Nebuchadnezzar uh, has, has gone down to Egypt to defeat an army. And when he went down to Egypt, he became king of Babylon. And so he lays siege to Egypt, and on his way back to Babylon, uh, he stops in Jerusalem, and he takes all the young males captive from Jerusalem on his way back to Babylon. He takes the males, and three of the males that he takes are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, obviously, Daniel. There's four men, and, he, and these are, are promoted up through the ranks in his kingdom. Um, in Daniel chapter 2, there's a prophetic word from, from God, and it's a vision and dream that Nebuchadnezzar has. He has a vision of a 90-foot statue. He goes to the prophet Daniel, and he says, what's this statue? The statue is stone and silver, and it's bronze and iron. It's this picture. And so Daniel begins to interpret the dream and what God's saying. And then Daniel sees a rock come out of heaven and smash the statue. Come on, somebody. That's the kingdom of God. The picture of this story is the demonic world systems that are set up against the kingdom of God. And ultimately, the kingdom of God smashes all of the other world systems. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar, in rebellion to the word of God, decides to build a 90-foot gold statue. He did it to say that no kingdom will smash my kingdom that I'm greater than any kingdom of God, that I'm greater than, than all of that prophetic dream, that nothing will smash this. So he builds this gold statue and says that anybody in it, anybody in my system has to bow. 
And so this is a picture that we have of this world system and, and, and God's system and the clash between those two. The three Hebrew boys are promoted up through the ranks. They're serving in the king's court. They've been given names that come from Babylon. They've actually been put in Babylonian schools. It's brilliant how it happened. It's what's been happening in our nation uh, for years now. And so they took the kids and they put them in Babylonian schools to indoctrinate them into the belief systems of Babylon. And, and then when they put them in those schools, they didn't just stop there. They began to also change all of their names. They gave them names of false gods, names of false identities, so they could actually begin to strip their faith away. They were doing anything they could to take away their godly identity. Man, come on. Does this sound familiar? Everything that they could do was very strategic. And I wrote this down. If the enemy can rename you, he can tame you. And so what's happening now is that we have whole categories of renaming of people in society so that the enemy can tame them with a new identity. And so they take in different names and there's different alphabets and there's different things that people are being named by. And what the enemy wants to do is rename people. And, and what's happening is um, people are saying that this is my appetite, so it must be my identity. So Satan's taking people's issues and appetites and, he, and he's saying, this is your actual identity. But the reality is, appetite comes from identity. Identity drives appetite. Appetite doesn't drive identity. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what's happening is these men, are, are, they're standing, but the, everything in, in the culture is trying to strip their identity and rename them so that the enemy can have his way with them. That's what's happening in a culture today where the enemy is trying to say, well, this is my appetite. This is my new name. This is my identity. This is my issue. This must be who I am. Can I just tell you, no, that is not who you are. Get to the, get to the bottom of your identity as a God's kid, as God's child. Get into the word of God. If you begin to figure out why you have that appetite, why you behave, why you want that, you get into your identity. If you get that fixed, then you won't want to feed on that. Does that make sense? It's an identity issue. And so that's, that's still what's happening. Satan's system is trying to pull us away from our faith, from the word of God. It, the question is, who do you worship? And, and who do I worship? I mean, that's the, really the question that, we, that everybody's debating about this week. Like, like who, who do we worship? Who, who, who do we give homage to? Who do we bow down to? The main issue for you and I is a worship issue. Everything is fighting for your worship. And everything was created to worship. You were made to worship. And that's why Satan hates you, because he can't worship. And he was the original worship leader. He was removed from his place of worship, thrown into the dust, and God said, you know what? I'll raise up dirt people. Put some breath in it and let them praise me. Come on. And so Satan, he's always trying to defame the image of God. And so the question for you and I is, who are we going to worship in this hour? Whatever becomes your source becomes your God. So whatever your source is, as you look at your, the landscape of, of culture and life and politics and, 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 and inflation and the news, and, and what is it a source of fear? Is it a source of hope? Is it a source of life? Is it a source of death? What, what, whatever, your, whatever your source is becomes your actual God. So culture wants my worship and wants your worship. And, and, and I heard this at camp, at, at our youth camp. It's the best illustration I've ever heard of actual worship and holiness. And I'm going to get into some thoughts about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, hopefully. And, uh, 
what, what, when it comes to holiness in your worship, the word, I heard this, this is probably the best thing I've ever heard on, on holiness. When it comes to, to holiness, the, the opposite of holiness is not sinfulness. I'm going somewhere with this, so stick with me. The opposite of holiness is not sinfulness. We've all think, oh man, be holy. Don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. That's not the, that's not the opposite of holiness. In, in the scriptures, the Bible says in every house, there's, there's, there's utensils uh, that are meant for, for holy purposes and there's utensils meant for common purposes. In the, in, the whole, in the holy of holies, in the temple that God built, there were utensils set apart for holy purposes, and there were utensils that were used for common purposes. There was a differentiation. The opposite of holiness is common. The opposite of holiness is common. Uh, you are called, you are set apart. Holiness means set apart unto God for God's purpose. It's set apart to be used by God. The opposite of holiness, of being set apart for God, is just being common. Well, pastor, it's not that bad. I mean, it's just common today to take a pill for every feeling I have. Pastor, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that bad. It's, it's normal today to, to just to be um, resistant to authority and, 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 and have division and not like the people on the other side of the aisle. That's just, that's just common. It's not, it's not, it's just common to be disrespectful. It's okay. It, it's just common. It's a common to live together and to have sex before marriage and, and to, and to just not worry about the scriptures and to just, you know, you take purity for granted. It's just common. Unforgiveness is just common. Gossip is just common. Dishonor is just common. Everybody's doing it. A little partying. I can handle it. It's just common. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's smoking a little, little dabble. Do you? It's just common. <laughs> It's just common. Pastor, it's just common. So the opposite of holy is just common. These three boys aren't common. Everybody's bowing down. There's a gold statue. Can I tell you that I, I'm not going to go with the common opinion this last week. There's other things that will come after us. There's things I say not going to be common. I'm not just going to, I'm going to go with the word of God. Let me put it in modern terms for you. Let me help you today. My toothbrush is holy. It's so holy that I've got this little special cap that goes around the, the, the head of it so that it doesn't even touch anything else in my little kit because my little kit has other stuff. Anybody got a little kit? Come on, men, a little dop kit. I don't, know where it came, I don't know where that word came from, but a little dop kit. It might be Hebrew. I don't know. It could be Greek. A little kit. Put all your stuff in the little kit. I got a little leather lands in bag. But my toothbrush, it's so special. It's so holy that I've got this little special cap that goes around it so the top of it doesn't touch anything else. I've got these shoes on here. I wear them all the time. If I took my toothbrush and you walked in here and you saw me cleaning the bottom of my shoes with that toothbrush and then I came back here and I, did it and I brushed my teeth with it, you'd think I was crazy. You would want to report me, Right? But, but the reality is, in this day and age, we're putting all types of stuff in our mouth that's never meant to go there because we are an uncommon people. You are anything but common. You are holy. You are called. You are separate. You are distinct. You are chosen. You are sanctified. You are redeemed. You are victorious. You are destined to be likened to the image of God. You are being transformed. You are being sanctified. You are saved, and you're being saved. You are anything but common. You are God's children. 
And we've got to make a decision that we're not just going to go with the common popular opinion in the media and in the world system in the way we're going to go with what God's word says. We're brothers and sisters. We're unified. We're blessed. We're forgiven. We are in the image of God. You are not. Satan constantly wants to just make you common. King Nebuchadnezzar says, if you'll bow down to my statue, he brings all the important people. He brings all the Democrats. He brings all the Republicans. He brings all the politicians. He brings all the musicians. He brings all the Hollywood. He brings all the, neighbor, all the neighborhood. He brings them all. All the people are down in the valley. Everybody's there. He says, and, and, and this is what you three boys need to do. Here's the biggest challenge you'll ever face. I need you to bow down when you hear the music play. And if you don't, I'll throw you into a furnace. And they say a couple things. And I, I want to just hit these. And I'm going to give you three thoughts on how to stand strong in today's age. Uh, they say, our God can save us. Our God will save us. But even if he doesn't, greatest faith statement in the planet, even if he doesn't, we won't bow. Number one, our God can save us. Someone in here needs to hear that God can do it for you. That God can, that he laid the stars out. He breathed the stars out into the heavens. He set the, the sun and the moon, he set, the galaxies he upholds with his hand. God can do what you need him to do. Come on, God can change your marriage. God can heal your heart. God can fix it. God can do something. Psalms 8.3 says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you've set in place. Come on, God can. Isaiah 40 says, the nations are like a drop in the bucket. God measures the world in the palm of his hand. They're a drop, they're drops to him. God can. But they don't stop there. They say, God can. And then they say, and God will. It's one thing to know God can. It's another thing to declare God will. The, the God, can, we all know God can. He's God. We do at least hopefully in here, you know, God can, but the gospel is God will. The gospel isn't only that he can, it's that he will, that he will send his son, that he will get involved, that Jesus will show up, that Jesus will speak, that Jesus will love you and accept you and forgive you, that God will. I remember one man in the Bible says, if you're willing, Jesus says, I will. God wills good for you. God wills life for you. Faith is the assurance of things not seen. God will. I don't know what you're facing right now, but God will. I knew a little boy, he was paralyzed from the waist down. And somebody asked him, you're a Christian and God let you let this happen to you. How in the world can you still praise him and love him? He said, he was like 15. He said, well, I figure he's got all eternity to make it up to me. I mean, God will one way or the other. He's defeated death. He's defeated hell. He's defeated sin. And he's, he's given us the ability to overcome God will. And number three, they say, but oh, King, even if he doesn't, we still ain't bowing. And it's just this moment of an even, this is, we're in an even if moment in our life. There's no, there's never been more people on the planet than right now. And there never will be. There never will be because of the population growth rates and, and all, all, if you study out the world, there'll never be more people on the planet than right now. At the rate people are having children across the world, there's studies done. This is the greatest hour in the history of the planet. And, and we are in an even if moment, even if it doesn't go my way, even if I don't, I, I don't understand it, even if they heat it up 10 times hotter, even if, how do I respond? Do I quit? Do I conform? Do, do I give in? Come on. If I was in that field and he was saying, come on, anybody that doesn't bow, I might've just pretended like I was tying my shoe for a minute. Come on. <laughs> Come on, any shoe tires in here? We know, I mean, there's a, there's a, 
there's a furnace. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if I, I, I just, I'm asking men in here specifically, come on, this is an hour where like you just decide, even if, even if every neighbor, even if every, every person I work with, even if my boss, even if I am not going to bow, if I don't understand it, if everyone else is bowing, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to conform. I'm not going to, I'm not going to worship anybody, but my God, you can throw a furnace in front of me. I'm not bowing. How do they do it? Three things. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. It's interesting. They all three responded. It says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied. They all replied. Number one, they're sticking together. How, how do we not bow? We got to stick together. That's why this is so important. That's why we need each other. I can't, stay, I can't be transformed by myself. There's no way I could, I, could, I could take the pressures of what is on my life and what the culture throws and be a pastor in this day and age without you without us sticking together. Who you stick with matters. Who you stick with, you become like. Who you stick with, you conform to. Come on, it's important. These boys are mentioned together all the time. They're always together. I mean, get some people in your life, some godly friends, some godly girlfriends, some godly guy friends, some, some leaders. Like, get people around you and do life with them. Get into a connect group. Sign up for an outreach. Get together and stick together and watch what God will do. Man, I, I, we cannot resist being common if we're not sticking together, if we're not challenging each other and encouraging each other, I need the right people around me. I got this iPhone up here. I'm not real great with it. Years ago when I bought it, I didn't know there was a lock screen. I didn't, and every time the thing would flip on me and, and then I also didn't know that you could hit the cursor when you're typing and it, it, you could hit the space bar and it takes control of the cursor and you can put the cursor anywhere you want on the screen. Does everybody, does everybody know that now? Yeah, somebody, I just changed somebody's life in here. I just changed your life, sir. You, you, how many times do you try to type and, you, and you, the cursor goes everywhere and you erase half of it and you got to erase, uh, erase half the sentence and then go back and retype it just to get the cursor where you want it? All you got to do is hold the space bar and it takes control of the cursor and you can just take your thumb and put the cursor where you want it and start typing anything you want. It changed my entire life. I would have never known that if I hadn't been sticking with some people that knew how to do the iPhone. <laughs> your, some of y'all's world is out of place and upside down because you don't have people to just say, hey, you can hit the lock button. You can say no to that. Can I tell somebody, no is a complete sentence. I'm not about like, like get some people around you and get them in your life and make sure that you don't become like the culture, but you get people around you that you're stronger than uh, that you're stronger in the culture with because whoever you're sticking with, you become like, I've told this story before, but it's a true story and somebody needs to hear it. My pastor years ago bought a little cocker spaniel dog for his wife. It was up under a barnyard, um, a, a barn shed in the backyard. There was a bunch of puppies and in the backyard, they had roosters and, and chickens and all this stuff. Uh, he got the puppy, they picked it out, took it home, little cocker spaniel, beautiful little dog, put it in the, put it in the newspaper and in the crate and all that at night, and they're upstairs. And about, I don't know what time it was, but he said all of a sudden, the sun's coming up and they hear this little dog go. He, they, they, they like almost caught, like, what is in our house? What's going on? They kept hearing it. They went down, literally, it's like 5 a.m. I don't know, they saw this dog, they're like, look at this thing. It's crowing like a rooster. It's cock a doodle doo They got the neighbors, they brought them over, they're like, come look at this dog. And, and, and this thing did that for like three days. Do you know, listen, they, they never had to give it dog barking lessons. They, they never had to, they never had to, to train it to bark. You know what they had to do? 
They had to remove it from an influence that wasn't according to its identity. And they had to put it around the right dogs. Come on. These are the right dogs, somebody. Come on, man. Get some dogs around you. The right kind of dogs. Dogs spelled backwards is God. Come on, somebody. It's all right. Stick together. Number two, they're standing together. The music goes off. Everybody bows. They're not bowing. They're standing. They're standing. Three dudes amongst thousands of people. Can I tell you that it was awkward for me to get up here today? I'll be honest because I know there's different opinions all across this room and say that I stand with the decision that was made this week. And people, some of y'all are thankful that I said that. Some of you aren't so thankful. That's okay. I love you any, either way, all the way across the room. But the point is, if you're going to be on fire for God, you always won't fit in. If you're going to be on fire for God, you're not going to fit in in every environment. You're not going to fit in at work all the time. You're not going to fit in with certain groups. And it's going to be awkward, but it's okay because we're called to stand. And we can only stand if we're doing that together. And if you never stand privately, you'll never stand publicly. That, that's, that's one of the reasons we have an environment to lift hands. Why do, I, why do I challenge you all the time to lift your hands in worship? Or to come to the altar? Or to engage? Because you deal with the fear of man. And I know that you're scared to lift your hands because of how you're going to look at times and how people are going to judge you. And if you're nervous to do that in here, freely with your God, we sing that song, you know, why can't I worship as loud as I want? You know, that song, it's, it might get loud, you know, and why can't I worship as loud as I want? That, that, why can't you worship as loud as you want in here? Amen. Ask yourself that. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying like, and if, I'm, if you're scared to do it in here, it's going to be hard to do it out there. And so in here is a safe place to stand and to, to get on your knees or to walk to this altar. Man, I wish this altar was full every week of people just going, God, I, we need you in this hour. We need you in our homes. We, we need you in our society. And I, I think there's this boldness that's going to come over as people. And y'all have heard me tell stories. I'll play golf and people will GD all the time. And they'll, they'll, Jesus Christ, I'm playing golf. And every time they say it, I'll be like, King of Kings. Be putting. You know, golf's a quiet gentleman sport, right? They miss a putt, they're like, Jesus. I'm like, Lord of Lords. <laughs> Strangers. I don't care who they are. I don't care. They'll look at me. They get nervous. I start beating them. Then they get all nervous. They're like, oh, oh, this, is a, this dude's a, pe- a preacher or something, you know? I'm gonna mess with their head on the golf course, take their money, in Jesus' name. ha. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, they took a stand. They're standing together. And it's going to get harder and harder to stand in a godless culture. I think it's important that we would stand together. Um, I had a story of a a kid. He was in college. Uh, There was a professor, atheist professor. True story. Atheist professor had had a, in a philosophy class, would teach the whole class how God didn't exist. And he would do it all year. And at the end, he would challenge any student to stand up. And many Christians went through that class and just slid through the class. And he would challenge anybody, if you still think God exists, then stand to your feet right now at the end of the class. And he said, and and no one ever did because they knew that he would call them a fool. And then he would do this thing and he would take a piece of chalk and he'd say, if God exists and he's so powerful and he could stop this chalk from hitting the ground, why in 21 years has he never done it? And he would drop the chalk and the chalk would shatter on the floor every time. He'd say, you're a fool if you believe in God. He'd do that every year. One year, there was a Christian freshman, young man, in the back of the room the whole year, got to the end. He knew what the guy would do. He said, if anybody believes in God, would you stand? And, and the young man stood, stood to his feet. No one had stood in 21 years. This young man stood to his feet and the guy said, you're a fool, young man. 
He said, and if God's real and I haven't proved that he's, he's not to you by this point, then you're a fool. And if God could, 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 if he's so powerful, he could stop this piece of chalk from hitting the floor. And he let go of the chalk. The chalk hit his cuff, bounced off his cuff, hit his coattail, hit his coattail, hit his shoe, and rolled from his shoe to the floor and didn't break. And the guy looked at it and ran out of the room. The professor. The young man came to the front and preached a salvation gospel message for the next 30 minutes. The whole class got saved. I, I just, it's an hour to stand. And the last one, they're, they're walking together. The guy throws him into the fire and he looks up and he says, man, didn't we put, didn't we put, uh, didn't we put three in here? But I see four walking around in the fire walking around in the fire. Can, can I tell you that, that the fire that you're running from is probably the thing that produces your freedom? That, that, that the heat that you're scared of is what brings the actual healing? The Bible says that there were four, and Nebuchadnezzar says, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. He was, it was Jesus. And I just want to declare to somebody today, you can write this down, that when life gets hot, when the heat gets turned up, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up in the fires of your life right now. Jesus shows up in whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is you're scared. Look, you might be scared to deal with that abuse issue and actually admit that something happened to you and you've got internal pain and you don't want to dig into the abuse and you don't want to walk into the, the fires of counseling or the fires of confession or to get real with your issue. Can I tell you that if you'll walk into the fire, it's actually in the fire that brings freedom. You might not want to deal with the reality that your addiction is hurting you and everybody around you. And you keep ignoring the addiction and ignoring it and you don't want to get help. But the reality is if you'll walk into the fire and you'll deal with the fire, the Bible says that the boys were bound up with robes and that when they went into the fire, then they were walking around. The robes were actually singed off their life. That the fire that was meant to kill them actually brought their freedom. Could it be that we could just get so full of faith and so on fire for God and so full of the fire of God that no matter what the enemy tries to make us bow to, whatever we get bound to would melt off of our life when we actually decide to pursue and trust Jesus? Come on, they're walking around in the fire. I want to encourage some of you today. I don't know what fire you're trying to avoid. I don't know what person you're trying to not talk to. I don't know what it looks like for you, but there might be a, a fire that God wants you to walk into so that you can begin to get freedom from Jesus in a powerful way. And I don't want to bow to culture. I want to pray for you today. And some of you are exhausted avoiding the fire. Some of you are exhausted bowing to all the wrong stuff and bowing to the opinions of people and bowing to social media. and bow. The only thing we're called to bow to is the Word of God, Jesus Christ. I was teaching my 16-year-old to drive years ago. Do you know how tiring that is? Remember one day we were both going. I'm like, don't hit the mailbox. He's like, it's better than hitting the car. I'm like, it is better than hitting the car. It's like, ah, curve. Oh, turn. watch the tree. Ah. He finally yells at me. He's like, dad. I'm like, dude. We get done with that driving lesson for 30 minutes. I'm exhausted. He's exhausted. You know why? You know why I was exhausted? Because I didn't trust him. Some of you are exhausted because you don't trust God with the fire and the direction and the street you're on and the turns you're in. You're like, God, oh, watch the fire, watch the tree, oh God. God's like, I got it. You don't need to give me driving lessons.
And would you choose today, no matter what furnace you're facing or what path you're, you're on, that you will walk it out and trust God. Trust him. I promise you, you'll come out not even smelling like smoke. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your house. Thank you that we are, we're sticking together, oh God. Lord, we're standing together and we're walking together. We're not in this alone. And Jesus, thank you that you show up in the furnace that we face any fire, that you're there, a fourth man. Thank you that you show up when it heats up. Thank you that if we take a stand, we will face furnaces. I pray for anybody that's facing that right now, maybe in their own house, maybe in their own close relationships, maybe with their own family. Maybe they took a stand on some things and, and they're, they're, those closest to them haven't. Maybe, Lord, it's at their workplace. Maybe it's at their school or in a university class or Lord, wherever it might be. Let us take a stand in a godly way, in a respectful way. Even as those three young men said, your majesty, O king, we will not bow. Lord, we can be honorable and respectful, but still take our stands. We will not be intimidated. We will not bow, God. We will be so on fire with the presence of your Holy Spirit, the fire of God, that anything on our life and those around us will come off. Lord, you said that King Nebuchadnezzar ended up giving worship to you and declared that everyone would serve God. Revival broke out because a group of people decided to stand. Lord, let this group of people stand and see a revival break out around our area in our culture. I pray right now for anybody facing a furnace that they would not bow today. Give them strength today, God. Just for another second, if you're in this place and or you're watching online and you've never bowed your knee to Jesus. He's the only one that conquered the furnace of sin and hell and death and the grave. He conquered our mistakes, took our shame, took our regret, took all that, nailed it to a tree, rose from the dead so that we could actually stand strong and have a relationship with God. If you're in this place, the Bible says if you give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. Maybe you've been bowing down to everything else in your world, but you've never bowed your knee to Jesus. Today is a day you can do that. I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you up front or stand you up. But if you're listening to my voice right now and you know that's you, if you're online and you know that's you, would you just type fresh start online there? Let us know that you need a fresh start with Jesus. And if you're in this room, would you put your hand up right now? I need a fresh start, Pastor. I'm ready to bow my knee to Jesus. Anybody? Just take a second. Thank you for your boldness and honesty, sir. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your courage, young lady. Anybody else? I, I need to bow my knee to Jesus today. Today's my day. I don't want games. I don't want to bow to everything else. I need strength, and I'm going to bow to him today. If you're online, would you just let us know as well? I'm going to pray a simple prayer real quick. If you put your hand up, come on, we honor you. We honor that bold decision to stand. I'm going to pray a prayer. There's no magic in my words. It's just a prayer of surrender. Pray online with me right there in your living room or wherever you are. Pray right here in this room with me. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for going to that tree for living perfect and living sinless, for going to that tree and taking all my sin and shame and regret and mistakes and all, taking all of it, Lord. I don't have to pay for any of it. You took all of it. You nailed it to that tree. It was bloody enough. Thank you for shedding your blood on that tree for me, oh God. Thank you for removing regret from me today. I just feel that in my heart heavy. Thank you for removing regret from me today, God. Thank you for removing the shame from me today, God. Thank you for nailing it to that tree. Thank you for taking my sins today, God. I know I'll mess up again, but you, you paid for it forever, oh God. I believe that you are God. Thank you for coming back to life and coming out of the grave, Jesus. I believe you rose from the dead. You are my God, and I bow my knee to you today to serve you the rest of my life. I give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God praise if you refuse. 
Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.